Hey friends, I'm Julie Holmquist and you are listening to Kairos Moments Podcast. God's been speaking to you for a while and you know you are called to something. It's time to stop playing it safe with your faith, time to lean into your calling, and time to bring those God-given dreams to life. It's time. Let's do this together. Hey friend, are you playing it safe with your faith? Or are you boldly beginning to bring your God-given dream to life? Your dream is not some cute little thing that would be fun to do one day. No, it's so much more than that, friend. It's important to God, and that's why he gave it to you. He planted that seed of a dream in your heart, and he wants to see a harvest. The world needs you walking in your calling. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I feel like my mission is to call you higher, to activate you and your gifts to accomplish His purposes in the world, to stop being a bench warmer and to get in the game. The world needs you and what you have to offer. The Bible says in James 2.17, faith without works is dead. Ouch. It's not me saying that, friend. It's God's word. And if our faith is simply something we talk about, but we don't actually do anything with, then it's dead faith, meaning it doesn't produce anything and it's useless. I want to invite you into this conversation I had with my friend Katie. Katie Reed is the author of Made Like Martha and A Very Bavarian Christmas. She is a dynamic speaker and co-host of the Martha and Mary show. As the inspiration doula and a coach with the ministry to business team, Katie helps creatives bring life to their projects and purpose. Katie and her husband, Adam, have five kids and they live in the middle of Michigan. Let's dive into the conversation. Hey, Katie, thank you so much for joining me on Kairos Moments. I so appreciate you being here. Oh, Julie, this is like such a gift. You know, I'm a huge fan of you and what God's doing in your life. So I'm honored to be here. Thanks so much. I wanted to bring you on the episode, the show today to talk about green lights. I have often said that God doesn't have any green lights because he's already told us to go right. And at the end of Matthew, he said, go into the, all the world and to preach and to make disciples of all nations. He's already told us to go. So some of us are sitting there stuck in fear waiting for God to give us a green light. And he's already given us one. When you and I were talking, you had mentioned that in the past, you were kind of stuck in that perfectionistic mentality of, I can't do anything until God gives me the green light. Can you share a little bit about that? I can, I can. (laughs) So, so here is just a little backstory, I guess. So I'm a firstborn girl. I've always been like ultra responsible, you know, you can count on me type of innate personality. And I wanted to obey God, right? Like, so to me, I had a red light and I wasn't going to put a toe over that line unless (laughs) God gave me a green light. And I had very, I still think there's a time for that, right? Right. But I was at the Declare conference and I was listening to um, one of my mentors, Jan Greenwood. She wasn't my mentor at the time. She quickly became one, but she said, some of you live like you have a red light from God and you're waiting for a green light. She goes, what if you have a green light from God? Because if you're in a relationship with him, you know, you're trying to 
not like we have to please him, but that's your heart. Like, right. You want to have a relate, you have a relationship with him. And what if you have a green light? And then if you, if you get way off base, he'll give you a red light. And Julie, I had like never heard someone say that. Mm-hmm. It sounded actually really scary to me. Of course. Because as a recovering perfectionist, it was like, but I could screw this up. Like, what if I hear wrong? It's like, I, I didn't trust myself. Now, of course, I want to trust the Holy Spirit in me. But there was this issue of like, I've got to keep myself in line or I'm going to get out of control. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and I think about, there's a verse in Exodus. Um, I think it's like, I want to say 44, but I could be wrong, where Moses is saying to the Lord, we will not go up from here unless your presence goes with us. And that is like, there can be wisdom in that. But now as a New Testament Christian, we have his Holy Spirit inside of us, mm-hmm. right? So like, yes, I want to get wisdom from God. I- I'm going to stop because I- I'll just keep going. I'll let you. No, I want you to go because this is, this is, you know what, Katie, that very scripture isn't, doesn't it God say twice or doesn't Moses ask twice? And God's like, my presence is already, it's going with you. He had to be reassured. Right. Yes. He says, my presence is going with you, but here's the lens through which I read that Julie was that God said, yes, therefore Moses was going forth, but maybe let's flip the script. Maybe he was just saying, I'm, I'm with you. Mm. And, and here's the camp. I think that we tend to fall in. There's some of us who are acting like we have a red light all the time. And we're like shaking in our boots Mm -hmm. at God's power. Now, revering God is absolutely important. Like you think about a lightning strike. I don't know about you, Julie, but you just want to drop to your knees at that power. Mm -hmm. Right. But then there's some of us that are like, so quote unquote, buddy, buddy with Jesus, that there's not that fear and respect. And we're just like, oh yeah, we can do whatever he'll bless it. But I believe there's that balance, right? There are times that he just asks us to do something or not do something and obedience is required. But I live for so long with everything very black and white that the thought of him just letting me choose to do something sounded wrong. Yeah, I've had situations in my life where, you know, I'm I'm so I I say that it was like I pictured the will of God like on a tightrope, and any any wrong turn, and I'm going to fall off and cause everything to come tumbling down, and I'm going to make make a mess of everything. But then there's a scripture in Psalms, I think, that says he's brought us into a wide open place where we don't need to fear our ankles turning. And so if our heart's desire is to um, glorify him and to bless him, I don't think we need to walk like his will is a tightrope. That is so profound. I'm going to be thinking about that. And that is, I love that scripture. I think one of the translations says he's brought me into a spacious place. Mm. And to me, I was not living like that, you know, for sure that he would just bring me into a spacious place. In fact, in my book made like Martha, I talk about this a lot. I knew I was saved by grace, but I lived like I had to do all these things to keep God happy. Mm -hmm. And so I was living like I was on a tightrope about ready to topple at any moment. And when I, when he helped me understand that grace is a gift to be received and it's not a prize to be earned all of a sudden, Julie, I felt lost. Mm. I was like, 
it's like I'm in this wide open field and I can do whatever I want, but I feel paralyzed because I don't know what that free, the freedom Mm -hmm. almost felt confining to me because I had lived so differently for so long. Well, I think he gives us the blessing of choice. I've actually heard him say to me, whatever you choose, if whatever you choose in this situation, I will bless you. Now that's not a free for all, like, oh, I can do whatever I want and God's going to bless me. Right. You talked about the two different camps. Tell, share that again. Right. So let me say it this way. God is both powerful and personal. And some of us are just, some of us are just flat out afraid of him Mm -hmm. in a way, like almost like we we're just so afraid we're going to screw it up. Right. And then others of us are so casual with him. You know, there's this point of grace song from back in the day and it's called Uh God forbid. And it says, God forbid that I find you so familiar that I think of you as less than who you are. Mm, Right. That's good. So, So there's that camp, but then there's also that intimacy of his Holy spirit is going to show me if I'm way off base and I just need to operate in the things you know, as he's leading, I just think it's that it's that both. And like I said, there's times that he's just like, Julie, I want you to do this. Julie, I want you to start a podcast. And if you didn't like, I don't think the sky would fall. Right. But we wouldn't all be blessed by that. There was one scripture and this is going to sound funny, but in Colossians, it says, let the peace of Christ rule and reign in your hearts. When I looked up the word rule in the original language, one of the definitions says to act as an umpire. Now, I know they didn't have baseball in the Bible times. (laughs) I know that people, I don't need any emails, but what does an umpire do? It calls, God asked me, what does an umpire do? He calls the balls after the batter swings. So sometimes God is asking us to take a step of faith get up to the plate and take a swing. And then the peace will either be there or it won't. We don't have to, you know, my husband says, sometimes, Julie, I think you're stuck not putting any action behind things because you're waiting for God to, you know, this big, the clouds part and these angelic voices start singing that this is the right thing for you to do. You know, he's a big enough God that he can course correct us. Yes, absolutely. And I think there's um, there's something with that peace aspect. Now, I can feel peace when I decide I'm going to sleep in instead of get up and work out. Like it, that could feel quote unquote peaceful, right? In the moment. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sometimes I'm thinking about with the Red Sea in Exodus, right? They approach the Red Sea and they feel trapped. And it's like, what are we going to do? And so they step in and the waters part. It right. would have been really nice if the waters part and that's like, oh, look, God's provided a way. But there was action and faith required on their part to believe what he said he would. My sister-in-law told me this story once how she heard a pastor say, you know, Solomon asked God for wisdom. God said, Solomon, what do you want? Right. And he asked for wisdom. And what if Solomon would have just gone around saying, I'm wise you know, God said, I'm wise, I'm wise, but he never acted on it. Mm. Then he wouldn't be 
living out in faith and believing that he received what God had told him he did. Well, we know soon after that these two women come to King Solomon saying, this is, this is my baby. No, it's my baby. And he, he in wisdom says, okay, we're going to cut the baby in half, which, mm-hmm. you know, probably really wasn't going to, but he wanted to see who the real mother was. Right. So he had to walk out that wisdom and what was true. And it's the same with us. If we believe in Jesus and we've made him Lord of our life, we're his daughters, we're his sons, we're his daughters. So what if I would just say to you, Julia, I'm his daughter, but I never acted that out. I think so many of us believers are just giving lip service to something, Mm -hmm. but we're not putting action to it. Like when we bought our home, what if we would have said, Hey, that's our home. We would have told everyone, look, that's our house. But then we set up a tent in the cornfield next door, (laughs) but we were pointing to, Hey, look, that's our house. We had to actually go in. We knew it was true, but we had to occupy that it was true by moving in and unpacking. And isn't that what the Israelites did? They received the promise. God said, I've given you this land, but they had work to do to work that out. They had to go and possess it. Is that what you're saying? Right? Absolutely. And here's the thing. It was their land regardless, right? It's their land. He promised, but they had a part in, I don't want to say in making it happen, but kind of, it's like here, this is yours. It's just like, if I would say, Hey, Julie, here's this beautiful birthday gift for you. And you're like, okay, but you have to receive it. Right. And you actually have to unwrap it. Like there's a, your part in it. Yeah. And I, yeah, for the Israelites, they had to go in. He said, here's the land, go in and subdue it, possess this land. And as we know, some of them did not fully possess the land right. and it caused a lot of damage. Right. And when going back to the Red Sea, I'm thinking about all the situations in the Bible where God required action on someone's part before a miracle happened. Walk around Jericho seven times, blow the trumpets, um, name and go dip yourself in the, the Jordan. Wasn't it seven times? And then you'll be healed. Um, Elijah and the widow who was getting ready to make her last meal with her son. And he has the audacity to come and say, no, make me something first. You know, she had to put action behind what he was saying. And then the oil didn't run dry or the flour jar didn't empty. So I think that's so good that we have to, it doesn't depend on us, but God wants to partner with us. Right. He can't just, that's so key because someone could be listening and be like, Oh, so he's an, if then Jesus, as my friend, Jamie Amory likes to say that he's not right. It's not like you do this, I'll do this, but you're right. He knows what's good for us and what will strengthen our faith. I think about, um, we've been watching the chosen TV Mm -hmm. series. Mm -hmm. I, we love it so much, but I'm thinking about Peter when he walked on the water or when, or when Jesus calmed the storm, if he would have never given the disciples an opportunity to exercise their faith, they would have a really weak faith. Mm -hmm. So actually those things that listeners, you know, whatever you're going through right now, I'm not minimizing the pain, but I'm just saying, what if it's a gift that God is giving you to actually strengthen your faith because he knows what's coming or he knows he wants that intimacy with you. And I think he gives us opportunities to grow, to go and possess the land instead of just giving it lip service. Well, I have lots of creative friends, but a lot of them, well, not a lot. There's a few of them that are waiting for God to give them a sign that they're supposed to do something. 
And I'm encouraging them to just take little steps. You don't have to do the whole thing. Uh, You know, your dream is a big dream. Just take a few steps ahead of you. And the Bible says that you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. He's not always in the front. Sometimes he wants us to walk. And then he gently leads us to the left or the right to stop here to go, go faster. And it's just when you mentioned intimacy, that's the key right there. We have to be intimate enough with him that we can discern his voice at every turn. Absolutely. You know, I have some dear friends and, and there's, I'm sure there's a wide range of people that listen with what they believe, right? About God in a personal relationship. But I have a, a friend who, and I'm not minimizing the word of God at all. I love it. Yes. But I also have his Holy Spirit, right? Within me. And those are a pair yes. <laughs> together. And there are things, Julie, God has revealed to me. He has told me. And yes, his word is, you know, it doesn't, they're not contradicting his word. But I think maybe if I can be so bold as to encourage some of your listeners, the Holy Spirit does want to reveal things and guide you and speak to you. And that's not hocus pocus Mm-mm. like that. I mean, I can, it's, it's just like a good friend. I mean, there's times here's one silly example. Mm-hmm. I was, we, we scheduled a little later cause I had to run these errands and I was walking down the aisle, Julie, and I, I didn't get a car and I, <laughs> I kept remembering things I needed to get. So I, felt very strongly I was supposed to turn down an aisle and I'm like having this debate in my head, right? <laughs> Am I being fearful? Why? Like all this stuff. And it was strong. It was like, turn and go the long way to go get your fruit. And I was like, finally I did. Mm-hmm. And I started laughing because I had forgotten that I needed plates and cups and forks mm-hmm. for small group. And guess what aisle I was in That's that aisle. <laughs> I mean, like God's probably like, I am, you know, and I doubt was that me? Why am, why am I thinking this? And there it was, he was blessing me with getting what I needed. So I didn't have, cause I was in a hurry. So I didn't have to walk all the way back, you know, from the right. edge of the store and like, right. just things like that. Like he's my friend. And so yeah. for him to reveal things like that is not like this earth shattering thing. It's just what a good friend would do. Yes. And are we are we in tune with that? And I think it is not so complicated or convoluted as people make it out to be. It's that quiet voice. Yeah. That's so good. He, when you said he's my friend, that's exactly what a friend would do. She would text you or he would text you and say, don't forget the plates, you know, don't forget the cups. That's what a friend does. So that is, that touched me when you were talking about, you know, God speaks to us outside of the written word of God. And they're paired. The Holy Spirit's voice is paired with the word of God. We need both. And you cannot, it's that balance again. You cannot have just Holy Spirit, woo, you know, and all this stuff. You kind of get into weird stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Not the Holy Spirit is weird, but what people do with that. And then if you just have the word, you're not open to his voice. So share with me another time where God has spoken to you and you, he asked you to step out in faith in some way. Oh, well, this is vulnerable, but I'm just going to say it <laughs> and trust that people won't misinterpret it. Yes. But I have a dear friend and we were talking how, you know, in the garden, when Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done, like so important. 
thank God he prayed that prayer and was willing. Yes. So I'm giving that caveat. I'm not saying we discount that. However, the conversation my friend and I had is she said, sometimes we use that not my will, but yours be done as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Julie, if if Preach it's it, a, Katie, if it if it <laughs> okay, I'm get, I'm getting ready to go. I'm revving I'm revving up. So if it's your birthday and I said, Julie, I want to bless you. What do you want? I just want you to be, I'm a straight shooter. I just want you to tell me, just tell me, right? What you really want instead of doing all this, but whatever you want, Kate, like, just tell me, I'm just asking you, it's not complicated. Mm -hmm. And so we, I call these bold and unedited prayers. What if you say to God, what you really want without all that? Oh, but not my will. You're like, we know we want his will. His will will be accomplished. He gives good gifts. He's not going to give us something that would destroy us. Right. Right. So I started praying these more bold prayers of just like, God, this is what I want. And like, of course I trust him. I'm not saying I'm God, Yeah. but I just was honest with him. And like, like, here's two, I'll give you the example I was going to give, but here's two examples. So the same friend, her husband had cancer and we had another friend who had cancer. We were praying for both of their healing, Mm. right? And guess what? Their healing is God's will. Now it could be healing in heaven. It could be healing on earth, but he heals, right? He is a healer. That's just what he does. So he's going to heal them in my opinion, either way, either on earth or in heaven. Yes. One of them passed away and one didn't. And I used to be like, God, why did you let this one live and not this one? And he just whispered to me, you're looking at the one on earth as the greater healing, Mm. but this one who's with me is completely healed. Mm. You know, so that was a little bit of a tangent, but just to say, we would say, okay, God, we want them healed, but not my will, but your be done. But guess what? That's his will. You don't have to say that it's his will for them to be healed, but he gets to choose when and how that healing looks yeah. because that's what he did in the old test or the new Testament, right? He healed people. He's our healer. It could be yes. healing of the soul. It could be, he- I mean, it can look a thousand different ways. That's where we get in trouble when we say, well, the, you heal him if it looks like this, mm-hmm. but here's my example, which is going to seem very small compared to that. But when I was pregnant with our fifth child, we were planning on adopting, by the way, again, we adopted mm-hmm. our fourth child. We are going to adopt again surprise, Adam, and I got away on a getaway and this is intimate, but Julie, right <laughs> before we commenced, I prayed, I pray, God, I trust you. I trust you with the outcome. Mm. Well, guess what? I got pregnant. So that was obviously what he wanted to happen, yeah. right? Th- this is the thing. I, I wanted a girl. That was the truth. That was my bold and unedited prayer. I had a girl and I had three boys and I wanted a girl. We had her name picked out. And so I decided, God, I'm going to pray this bold and unedited prayer. Mm. I would like a beautiful baby girl that's strong and that will love you and live for you. And I prayed that. Yeah. And he he made it clear to me in many different ways that he, he said to me, our daughter's name is Larkin Joy. And he gave her that middle name through the scripture, Psalm 126.3. People kept sending it to me. The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy, like literally filled with joy. Cause I wanted to name her middle name, something else. God's like, and her middle name will be joy. But he gave me this little mantra. I was running. He's, he said, Katie, it's Larkin joy. It's not a boy. 
And I want you to believe that as if it's true, because that's what you asked for. And that like, I am now, does he always do it like this? No, but it was so clear that I knew there's been about five times in my life, Julie, where I knew it would be disobedient to doubt. I mean, it's mm. not, like there can be disobedience to doubt, but it's like, he was t- telling me that he was telling me this is right. true and do not doubt. Yeah. And so you can imagine going into that ultrasound. I'm like, <laughs> like I, I knew it was true, <laughs> but it still would be yeah. nice to have that like quote unquote proof. Right? right. And so it was so funny, Julie, cause then they say I'd never found out what I was having before. This is the first time. Oh, that, that was the first time. Okay. Last time. And the lady goes, well, it looks like a girl, like it's a girl. And in my mind, I thought they said, it's a boy, it's a girl. But she said, you know, it, it looks like a girl. I'm like, well, how much percent, you know, are we, yeah. are we talking here? So it still <laughs> felt like, okay. I mean, yeah, it looks like a girl. She pointed out some things or whatnot, but it still was like, it took faith to believe I had received what he said, but that was a long story to just say, I had the courage to just pray that bold and unedited prayer. Now I'm not saying, oh, if you pray that way, then you'll get exactly what you want. But it's about that intimacy. It it was a courage for me to say, God, you know, my heart's desire. Of course, if this baby is a boy, we're going to love it. But that was just being honest. Yeah. God is not a formula. So it's hard to share these stories sometimes because Sometimes people run with them. Well, if I pray this many times, or if I say it like this, then I'll get my girl or whatever. And as you know, I have four boys. I prayed for girls, but I didn't get them. And I, you know, I'm, I'm content, but I did pray for twins. And I'll tell you why my younger sister, my, my sister right below me, she got married before I did. And she had the first grandbaby. So I asked God to bless me doubly. I said, would you please give me twins? You know, that would be so special to me. I prayed for twins, prayed for twins. And this was before I even knew my husband. And I babysat a set of twins in Dallas and they were a dysfunctional family. (laughs) So I stopped praying. I'm like, God, if you want me to have twins, great. If not, I'm good. (laughs) When I got pregnant, we went into the ultrasound and they said, oh, you know, you're having two. And immediately I knew I was going to name the first one, Zachary, David. And that meant that means God remembers his beloved because I had actually forgotten about praying for twins up until that point. So it's, you know, God, God cares about even those little desires of our heart. And I think this ties in well with our, our topic today, delight yourselves in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. When we're delighting in him, he will either give us his desires and we make them our own, or it's almost like he kisses us and gives us these little, little pockets of joy. Like I've heard you, you know, I've heard your prayer and here's your gift. And I love it. So when, uh, what does Larkin mean? It means, um, well, one, just Lark, I think means fierce, Mm. Mm. lovely to name your child that right. But spiritual freedom. Mm. And that is totally right around the time she was born is when God set me free and I understood grace. So like her name, like she marks a season of what God did. And here's the thing. We were going to name our adopted child Larkin if he was a girl, right? But 
his name means God saves, which God completely did. You know, so like mm. I'm really big into names and I know oh you are with the yeah. name of your podcast, but I think what I just want listeners to hear is like, there is freedom in Christ mm-hmm. for sure. But he just, he wants to, like, it seems silly to try to like tidy up your prayer for God. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like his will is going to be accomplished. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between, you know, when these two men I was talking about where one passed away and one didn't, it comes back to this, you know, like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when they, Jesus saved them from the fire, but they didn't know that was going to happen. But they said, we, we're not going to bow down, right. you know? Our God can save us, but even if he doesn't, but what I love about that story was regardless of the outcome, they knew God could, Mm. that was the faith. It wasn't Mm. like God is absolutely going to deliver us this way, but they knew he was able. And I think that's different. You know, like just with my two friends, like they knew God could heal. Did they know how he was going to do it and what it was going to look like? I'm sure they had ideas of what they wanted that to look like. But the point is, he is able to do that. And I think sometimes we need to think that, okay, God is able, but he's also willing. Yeah, he's also willing. But we have to trust and entrust ourselves to him that he has the bigger picture and we are, we're safe and secure in his hands, no matter what the outcome is. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really want my listeners to get to know you better. So tell us where they can find you, what you're working on and all of that good stuff. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. This was fun. Um, They can find me at katiemreed.com. Read is spelled R-E-I-D. That's probably the best place they can learn more about my books, Made Like Martha, A Very Bavarian Christmas. I also offer coaching for creatives to help them get unstuck under the name Inspiration Doula, have Mm. a podcast, The Martha Mary Show, and then a fiction podcast called A Remarkable Thought, where we share fiction stories and ask a quality question to help you think. And so I'd love to connect. You can find me on social media via the website too. Well, thanks so much, Katie. Thank you. Hey, Dreamer, if you have a God-given dream, and you want more encouragement and community, join us in the Kairos Moments Facebook group. You'll receive encouragement to begin boldly taking your dream out of your mind and into the world. Let's do this together. See you next time.